Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Daily Home Edit Summer Series. I'm the editor of Home Beautiful, Sarah Berman, and this is the last episode of our silly season sojourn that we've been on. We'll be back to regular programming from next week. That means a daily five-minute drop of home and lifestyle tips, advice and hacks. We had to finish up our summer series with a good one, a conversation our features editor, Holly Byrne, had with Better Homes and Gardens television host, Tara Dennis, who is not just a crafty presenter, but also a style-savvy woman with her own store. I'll hand over to Holly as she finds out how Tara went from handywoman to TV star. And thank you for listening to our summer series. Now, most people would recognise you from the TV show Better Homes and Gardens. Mm -hmm. You've been there, part of that team, for about 11 years now. Is that right? 14. 14. I know. I did the the math the other day and I couldn't believe it. You know, time goes so fast. It's crazy. So my son's 11 and I was on the show a couple of years. So, yeah, that brings me up to 14 years. Wow. Which is crazy. How did you come to be part of that team? Well, I used to work for Channel 9 <laughs> for okay. eight years before that. I've always been on home reno shows. So I started on Changing Rooms, which a lot of people remember. I am guilty for those feature walls and those strange colours way back in the early 90s. Oh, that was Just, so fun. I'm painting over them now. So yeah. I'm kind of, you know, I'm going back over and repaying my debts. Uh, I went to Our House as well. I worked on Our House. I worked on Burke's Backyard. So many of those shows, we did the big, that was really in the early days when Scott Cam and Jamie Jury all started on those big home reno shows. We did Renovation Rescue. I did DIY Rescue. So I was kind of part of that whole genre in the early days where people actually rediscovered DIY and, hey, we're still going. So that was about 22 years ago that I actually started in television. So I'm really showing my age now. That's incredible. It's good to see that it is still going strong with all these renovation shows. Sure is. I think it's never been as strong, actually. It's amazing. Yeah, it's huge. So then how did your love of design begin? I recently read somewhere that you started learning basic home repair skills at an age as young as 10. Younger. 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 (laughs) How did that all start for Uh, you? I'm a child of compulsive renovators. Um, My parents, they just enrolled us. My brothers, I have two brothers, so they enrolled us in wallpapering and bricklaying and cleaning and all of that stuff, you know, from three years old, really. Some of my earliest memories were doing that kind of stuff with my folks. They're still decorating and renovating. They're separate now. I don't know if that's part of the, the deal. But anyway, my mother, you just can't stop her. She's crazy for, you know, painting and gardening and she's just into it like mad. So I get it from them. Well, I'm glad to hear she's still going, still going with the renovating. Yeah. Now you're either going to love it or hate it, aren't you, growing up so surrounded by it? Well, my daughter used to say, my daughter's 28 now, and she used to say, mum, you can pay people to do stuff like this when I, you know, kind of get her in and help paint the kitchen. And it's funny now because they say the apple never falls far from the tree because she's suddenly just taken a liking to, oh, I'm going to paint that bookcase or I'm going to do this, you know. So she's, it it kind of just happens and, you know, I guess it's in our genes. I'm going to say for our family it's genetic. (laughs) I love it. So 
at Better Homes and Gardens. Talk me through your role there and what kind of fun activities you get up to as part of the team. Well, I've always been the decorator and the craft presenter on the show. So as I say, I was oh, yeah, I, I mix it up. You know, sometimes I'll be doing anything from a full kitchen reno to making some Christmas crafts or things out of little paper bags, quick tips to help people around the home, you know, quick ideas that, that really just make people's lives better and easier. Um, I love my job. I mean, sometimes I have pinch me moments and think I get paid to do this. It's so great to be able to sit there and make something beautiful or go and interview gorgeous people. You know, sometimes I get to go and see artisans in their studios or like the other day I started at the flower markets. And, you know, I really am lucky that I have quite a broad spectrum in my role, but essentially it's all about the same. It's making your home more beautiful and, you know, just your life a bit more personal. And in that time, what have some of your biggest career highlights been? Oh, my gosh, where does it begin? You know, from one kitchen to the next. I don't know if I could ever say that anything was a career highlight. I mean, there are certain jobs that you remember that have a bit more to them. I, I think some of the, the the best ones really of when I've felt like I could get in the car and drive away and I feel like I've really made a difference, you know, and that could be uh, there's this great little kid called Sam. We went and did a makeover for his garden shed. He's He was about 11, I think, at the time. I met him again the other day. He came to visit me in my shop. Um, he's about 14 now, but he's such a little go-getter and we did this makeover for his shed and we gave him power tools because he helps his nanny mows the lawn and he's just one of those little stars that you just look at and go, you know what, you're going to go a long way. And so that was a really meaningful story. I drove away thinking, you know what, we've we've actually done something great in that kid's life and hopefully we've set him on the, on the path to, I, I don't know what, I don't know where Sam will end up, but gee, what an amazing kid. Another amazing story that I remember, well, we did it recently. We actually did a Christmas episode at a place called, a friend's place, funnily enough, and it's a childhood bereavement centre. So it's a non-profit organisation and they have counsellors there who volunteer their time. And it's for children to go when they've lost a loved one in the family. So, you know, everything from like a three-year-old right through to sort of, you know, 16-year-olds in some case. So we did a, a makeover on one of their rooms, which is a craft room, somewhere where they go and sit and they chat. Um, but this time I got the whole team involved and we did them like a fairy tree and a cubby house. We did a whole garden makeover and it was amazing. Wow. And they're the ones that I stand there and I watched all the kids come in and they really, you know, you got to hold back the tears. You think, you know what, we're so lucky to be able to do what we do. I think they're the stories that really hit home with me. Absolutely. And on that note, are there any people apart from Sam that you keep in touch with, that you help Lots. out? Yeah. So many, so many. And, in fact, I have people because I've got two shops now, so I'm on a very, um, I suppose, publicly accessible level. So people come into the store and they're like, you did my bathroom six years ago. And I sort of I pause and I go, and you still like it? And they go, yeah, I still love it. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> so sometimes I see people from many years ago, um, you know, even people that I met when I was on Burke's Backyard. I, I really, I think it's it's so good that I've, I've got that physical presence now that people can actually come in and chat with me and, you know, or they might say, you did my cousin's sister's place and, you know, it's really lovely. Oh, how nice. People must love coming in to see you. Absolutely. Yeah, and sometimes they're really shocked. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're still here? You're actually here yourself? This is crazy, you know. So I I really love having that interaction. People get excited. Some of them get overwhelmed. I get people traveling from like, you know, sort of way out in the central West or from Adelaide. They'll come all the way to Sydney and they'll actually put me on their sort of hit list of, I've got to go and see Tara at Tara Dinner Store. So they'll email me ahead and say, now you will be there on Saturday, won't you? I'm thinking, well, I wasn't going to be, but I guess I am now. 
Oh, that's amazing. That must feel so great. When it's people so good. Come yeah, I love that. Just to backtrack a little bit, you grew up as a child of mad renovators. Yes. And then got into the TV side of things. In between, did you do any studying or were you just at it all the time? Can I be honest here? I did nothing. I was hopeless at study. I hated school. Left school at 17. I actually did all my schooling in Canberra. So my family came from London. I was born in London. So we came when I was about seven to Australia. So did all my schooling in Canberra. I got to 17 and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to jump on a plane and go back to London and do something. And that's what I did. And the only training that I've ever had in decorating, um, I suppose, on an actual level where I got a piece of paper at the end of it was a three-month night school course in paint finishes. And that was in the late 80s. So I set myself up as an interior decorator, as you do, printed out some little business cards like the local sort of, you know, snap printing version in, in London in those days. I didn't even have a car. I had a bike. So I used to put my ladder on the side of the bike and I used to ride all over London painting people's houses. That's how I began. Wow, that's incredible. And then how did it transfer into TV? Well, I always believe in sort of serendipity, this funny little happy accident. So when I came back to Australia, I was, uh, how old would I have been then? I was 21, nearly 22, because that's when I had my first child. So I was quite young and I couldn't go up ladders for a while. So I started painting. So I started something called folk art, which a lot of people would remember, the little flowers on tin cans and all that kind of stuff. So I used to use these paints and I loved them. So I rang up the company. I said, I love your paints. Can I come and work for you? And so the lady who owned the company at that stage, she probably thought I was very for and thought, who on earth is this phoning me up? But I thought, you know, I was so passionate about what I did and what the paints could do. She said, you know what, I'm going to give you a job. So she employed me and didn't even have a role for me. So she put me into the marketing department and she said, my friend is doing a TV show called Our House and I want you to go out and help on the day and help her get that project done. So I did. So it was Rebecca Gilling on the day on Our House. So I went and sat alongside Rebecca Gilling and I was like, they called the stunt double. So as part of this marketing team for this paint company, I was known as the stunt double. So whenever they had a TV you know, episode that involved the paints, I would turn up. And so one day one of the producers said, you know, you're really good at this and you can smile. Why don't you screen test? And I was so like, no, I'm not going on TV. I was terrified of cameras. And he said, no, 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 just come along. It'll be fine. So I screen tested for changing rooms and I was just like, oh my gosh, that was the worst experience of my life. I was so, I was just so nervous. And they rang me a couple of weeks later and they said, yep, we'd like you to come and work with us. So they used to record for one week out of every month. So the paint company would give me that week off to go. And so I used to do all the design for for the rooms that we did, used to physically go and film it and do all the prep, do all the shopping for it. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, while still working at the paint company. Totally. And my daughter was then probably, she was only young. She was about five or six. She was really tiny. Um, So it was a real juggle in those days. And I just, I just felt like a fraud. I had no idea what I was doing. So, you know, I just um, bit off more than I could chew and just chewed like crazy and and pretended. So, you know, I'm still doing it. So I guess something's working. 22 years later, I know. So there you go. It's testament for, uh, you know, you've got to sometimes just be really brave and take a big step and just um, be confident. I guess that's what I did. 
Well, good on you. Thank you. Aren't we all glad that you did? Yeah, it's fun. I have fun. You know, that's the end of the day. I mean, I'm not saving lives. I'm just, you know, making the world prettier with a my paintbrushes. Bit more beautiful. Yeah. And now more recently you've opened up your own retail store. Two yeah. of them now. Now that's brave <laughs> or How, silly. What prompted you to take that plunge? Well, a good few years ago I was approached by uh, to be um, a designer for a company that makes ceramics in Australia like um, dinner plates and cups and mugs and plates and all that sort of stuff. I was hand-painting designs and licensing those designs to this company. So they were sold in stores like David Jones and all these independent retailers. So I worked with them for a good couple of years and so we could see what my product looked like at a physical level in a store. And then one day my husband said, you know what, we should open a little showroom and have all your products on display and we can have our design studio at the back and the showroom at the front. So I said, well, that can't be a bad idea. Anyway, I never wanted to be a shopkeeper. I thought, why on earth would you be a shopkeeper? It's, you know, crazy business waiting for someone to come in and, you know, hoping they'll buy your products. So we opened a little store in Warunga, which is in the northern suburbs of Sydney. And yeah, we had our design studio at the back and this little physical presence at the front. And then they came in and they were buying the plates and then they were buying this and that and soaps and candles. And then suddenly, boom, I'm a shopkeeper, which it just kind of blew up, which was crazy. And we started teaching from the store. So I've got a workshop out the back. So we were doing paint finishes like I'd started way back when I was 17. So I was teaching classes. So it kind of went from one thing to the next. And this year, you know, again, my husband said, well, look, we can't continue at this level that we're at. We're too big to be small and too small to be big. We have to scale it up. So we need to get a second store, which at the moment with what I've got on my plate is just a huge juggle. So I said, well, look, okay, we'll do it. So we found a bigger premises in Balmain. So now we've taken a triple shop front there as well as the one in Wurunga. Um, so now I do all of the buying, do all the inventory. I do all the visual merchandising. My daughter helps. She runs that store. So it's very much a family business. My husband's involved in the business. So we now employ 12 people. Wow. Yeah. That's which is amazing. Crazy. I know, it's but you know, it's, it's probably the bravest thing I've done in my life. Some days I wake up and go, what on earth have I done? Cause Again, it's, you know, you're always so, I suppose, at the mercy of the economy, you know, what you can buy more petrol and food or a cushion, you know. So, <laughs> What do you think it is about the store that makes it so well-loved and so successful? What is your ethos behind I think because we just put so much passion and love into it. What I try to do with both of the the physical premises is to try to make it as much like home as possible. And people walk in and they go, I don't know what it is about this place, but I love it and I feel comfortable here and I don't want to leave. It's because we make it feel like home. So I think it goes beyond just putting products on a shelf. You have to put, there's there's some energy in there that you have to put that makes people not want to leave. Um, the Balmain store particularly, a lot of guys love the store. We're getting a lot more um, families coming in. So I suppose geography also affects it. But in terms of the actual product mix, um, I just think it's the the energy and how you display things and it's creative for me. And I think that's what I've loved the most is I put so much effort into the creativity. My daughter and I were on Saturday. We worked there until nine o'clock at night. So we did a 14 hour day. We were both sort of dancing around on ladders at night. And I said, come on, we'll go and get some dinner after this. And, it, you know, we're such a, a team. It's so good. And we just want to present things in beautiful new ways. So I'm always reinventing the store. People come in and go, it looks different again. And that's the secret. I think it's just, you know, what's Tara up to this week? What's she done? <laughs> That's such a lovely sentiment. Leads me to my next question. Your home 
being in the industry and an expert in interiors and style, is it ever complete? Are you ever finished at home never. or you're always doing Homes things? Homes never are. They never are. I, I, I think anybody who says their home is finished is, I don't know, I think that's that's so boring. It's never finished because the paint's always going to peel eventually and need painting or the garden's always going to need weeding. So, But I think that's a beautiful evolution. I don't think your home ever should stop and become a museum. You know, you've got to live there. And I think, you know, homes also reflect where you're going throughout your life. Like when your kids are small, it's going to be different to when they're, you know, sort of teenagers to when they've left home you should evolve a home just like your life evolves around you so no it's never complete and I guess to be honest with you I see so many great things in in what I do that I'm always wanting to change stuff at home but I kind of don't really have the energy so we've made a beautiful home and I kind of leave it that way as long as it's clean and tidy and I can find washing in my son's socks in the morning I'm I'm okay with that does the job does the job finally across both of the Tara Denner stores and your home how would you describe your style? I'm not going to use the word eclectic because everybody uses that. I just, I, I'm not a modernist. I'm not a traditionalist. I, I think a home that looks as though you've gathered beautiful things throughout your life and well-chosen, thoughtful things, that's home to me. So I try to explain to people who do come into the store that, sure, you could put your credit card down, you can buy a room, you know, you can go and buy matching side tables. and But that just looks like a showpiece or a catalogue. I don't like that kind of look myself. Um, I prefer to say, you know, oh, that painting I found on the wall, we bought that in that street market in Paris or that little bowl there. My daughter made me that, you know, in art class when she was 14 or, you know, so I think if you can make all of those possessions around you really speak of who you are and where you're at in your life, I think that's a beautiful home to me. It's a, a gathered look, that's that's the way that we live. So it's certainly not the cleanest house, but it's certainly not the messiest. It's it's home, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I don't live in a museum, I'm, I'm happy. Such beautiful sentiment. Thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. Thank you, it's been great. That's a wrap today for the Daily Home Edit. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Catch you tomorrow. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.